0: And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, hey, listen, uh, that was a call a moment ago with uh, Paul Reynolds, who is the uh, Alabama Republican Party's national committeeman. He, he, goes, he represents us at the, D, at the RNC. Uh, and he has been, by the way, if you don't know Paul Reynolds, he and his wife, Joan, man, you talk about in-the-trenches warriors. Uh, they have, Joan Reynolds uh, has been, for years, been leading what they call the Mighty Alabama Task Force. Where they will actually uh, pick up and go to other states to help go door to door for major candidates um, uh, you know, it's just, it's just very interesting how much they've done over the years. Well, so he was making his points there about the fact that here he is. he's Alabama's national committeeman. He even surveyed members of the state party to find out how they felt before he went up to cast his vote um, for the RNC and uh, and the leadership and and lo and behold, <laughs> he got he got an earful. Uh, and it, the, the Alabama was one of the states that, that openly said, we do not, as a party, support Ronald McDaniel getting another term because she presided over mediocrity. Um, well, you know, there's, there's, there's few places in life where you can fail up. But apparently, being head of the RNC after very tepid results over the last two election cycles, it's okay. You can fail up. Um, that being said, uh, it's not just Republicans. Now, it, I will pick on both parties. It is not just Republicans. Democrats are, are infighting like you would not believe. And, and at least I will say this. At the very least, the Republican infighting that we've seen has been what I would call orderly and uh, transparent. Background arguments, I'm sure, things happening in the back rooms. I'm sure there were some smoky back room conversations. But the truth be told, we had folks go up there, they cast a vote. Some didn't like the results, some did, but the end result of it is we have leadership, we're going to move forward. Democrats? Not so much. So uh, if you remember this story that came out in November of last year, the Alabama Democrat Party is in complete disarray, still trying to find their feet. Over the last few years, they have just become almost a non-entity. It got so bad when uh, Nancy Worley and, uh, and, 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 Joe Reed were in charge that that they literally ran out of money and couldn't pay the light bill at the Democrat Party headquarters. It was that bad. and I'm not kidding it was actually that bad. Nancy Worley's now passed away. Um, there was a change in leadership. The actual National Democrat Party stepped in and, and took action because we were we were you know they, they were seeing um, basically it was it was inbred. And it was not working well. And the National Democrat Party was prepared to pull their charter. And then, you know, State Representative Chris England got involved. And I really thought, all right, I know Chris England. I think he's a good dude. I mean, he and I are absolutely polar opposites when it comes to policy. But he's a good dude. I thought he was going to lead the way and revamp the Democrat Party. Do I want the Democrats to be strong? No, not really. No. But I will say this. You play up to your competition. And right now, Republicans in this state are fat and happy. They don't have to do anything. All they got to do is have an R by their name, and they win. Well, I, that's on the one hand, that's wonderful. You know, as a longstanding member of the Republican Party myself, a former elected Republican state senator myself, a former party chairman myself, I get it. That's the team that I've aligned with over the years. However, you play up to your competition, and when your competition can't even find its own shoes to put on, then what are you playing up to? And it makes people fat and happy. And so, but look at this, November of last year, Alabama Democrats, it says on Fox News, Fox News, national story about Alabama Democrats appeared to be infighting as another leadership dispute went public on Monday hours before. This was not the kind of infighting like, vote for me, don't vote for her. No, 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 no. This was the kind where it was like, well, he said, she said, nasty emails, and don't you listen to her. So when it gets so bad that the vice chair of the party sends out an email saying, I'm preparing to do these things for y'all, and the chairman sends out another email that says, literally, here's what it said, therefore, I'm advising each of you to ignore, disregard, and reject any communications from her. What? <laughs> what? Yes. It is so bad that that literally, right now, Alabama Democrats are historically weak. They hold just 8 out of 35 seats in the state senate, 28 out of 105 in the House, no statewide offices, and they're so their infighting is so severe that the chairman tells the rest of the world not to even listen to what the vice chairman has to say. That ain't good. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. More of this when we get back. Y'all stay tuned. We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Um, Boomer, what was that call you got a while ago? We had an update on some major traffic issues. What was going on? Yeah. Um, we had a caller call in, and he said there's some major traffic issues, uh, 72 east and westbound on Mooresville Road in Athens. Oh, yeah. Um it's about two to three miles backed up possibly oh, on each side so on 72 on 72 oh no so thank you mark from athens for letting us know 72 about that. is bad on a good day it's like it's like it's like highway 280 in birmingham oh, it's just it's just wow. not good yeah um all right yeah if you if you if you're if 72 so you is your usual route then you might want to find another route for a friday afternoon just just saying um thanks for calling that in who was that Called that in mark from uh, athens? mark from athens yeah mark from, thanks mark appreciate you yes uh, hey, speaking of calling and texting and stuff, so the question is out there right now. 833-687-4448. That's our text line. That's 833 68 right. Here's the question. We got 41,000 hours of closed-circuit television footage from January 6th that Tucker Carlson has been given access to. My question to you, what do you think we're going to find out in that 41,000 hours? And I want the wrong answers only. Just, just... Wrong answers only. Tell me, tell me what you think we're going to see in the middle of that 41,000 hours of footage. I mean, who knows? Are we going to finally learn the secret identity of Superman? Who knows? I mean, are we going to finally see the, the recipe for you know, the secret sauce? I don't know. What's, what's in there? Uh, will we find out that uh, Nancy Pelosi is uh, you know, dating one of the fellow members of the House? I don't know. What are we going to find in the 41,000 hours of footage uh, that, that Tucker Carlson is now combing through in, in, in fine fashion? All right, so back to the topic at hand. And I'll jump on those, those text messages here in a moment. Uh, back to the, the topic at hand, infighting. So I mentioned a minute ago, so we, we, we talked with uh, Paul Reynolds, who's the Alabama Republican National Committee Chairman, or committeeman, I'm sorry. Uh, who goes to the RNC meetings for us. He votes on our behalf. He's, our, he's basically our delegate. Um, he gave us some insight on what it was like going up there and his concerns that the national party is not uh, focusing on the grassroots, that, uh, that we're leaving the populist issues behind too often. Uh, he voted against Ronna McDaniel, uh, re- resuming uh, her, her chairmanship, but she got it anyway. Uh, and then I talked about the Democrats in Alabama. But what about the Democrats in New York? Have you seen this story? Story that broke today. New York Democrats in chaos with the progressive left calling the state party nearly as undemocratic as North Korea. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You couldn't hear Boomer, but he was cracking up. Progressive New York Democrats, according to Fox News, have had enough of party leadership and are demanding the removal of their party chief and reforms to the entire apparatus after a disastrous 2022 midterm cycle for the state. It says four U.S. House seats in New York. I didn't realize four of them did, but yeah, apparently four U.S. House seats in New York flipped from Democrat to Republican in the 2022 midterms. So so truthfully, I guess, if you look at it, while we had tepid results in a lot of places and expected to see a red wave which didn't materialize, uh, Florida and New York were actually high points in terms of Congress. Some would say that it was because of the flips in New York. Not some would say. I would say, flat out, that New York is the reason why the majority is now Republican in the House. So quote from George Albro. He's the co-chair of the Brooklyn Progressive Action Network. Oh, Lord, here we go. He says, first of all, they have to run the party democratically. The Democratic Party has to become democratic. Right now, it vies with North Korea in their degree of democracy. <laughs> so they want to be more progressive, apparently, is a thing. Well, what's, what's interesting to me is their party chairman in New York does not like progressives. Just saying. It says more than 1,000 state Democrats, including dozens of elected officials, signed a letter to remove Jacobs, who's the chair of the party, but jacobs who did not respond to fox news digital's request for comment has been open about the fact that he disagrees with the far left wing of the democrat party and he placed the blame for the midterm on them so you talk about an open infight holy smokes so yeah we'll we'll see now i got to i got to ask um have you been paying attention to the stories on 1819 news about the mayor of montgomery so is this infighting? This is infighting in a different category. I had infighting of the Republican Party at the national level. Truthfully, I had infighting, if you get down to it, in the state party. Paul Reynolds gave us some insight on, on that, but what, what it wound up being when they got up to the national party. I got stuff on the Alabama Democrat Party. I got stuff on the New York Democrat Party. And I got stuff right here about what happens when your local delegation cannot get along. So just to back you up on this. A lot of folks, and I'll be honest, I wasn't. So when I ran for the Alabama State Senate, I, I felt like I was a well-read constituent. I felt like I understood the issues. Oh, man, I will tell you right now, it was an eye-opener. I got down to Montgomery. I mean, I just I realized how little I had known, even though I thought I had stayed up to speed on it. Anyway, here's what you got. At every single turn, you have a local delegation. It can be a local delegation for your county, for your city, whatever the case may be. You have state house and state senate representatives or, or, or members who represent a local delegation, and there's all kinds of them. I mean, when I was in the state senate, there was the local delegation who all shared a piece of, say, Gadsden, or the local delegation who shared a piece of all of St. Clair County, or the local delegation for DeKalb. You know, I had I had I had four counties in my district, so I was on multiple quote-unquote, delegations. Those local delegations then have to work with their local officials because there's stuff, the way Alabama's Constitution is set up, there are things that local city councils and mayors can't do unless the local state delegation passes a bill for them called a local bill in Montgomery. It's, it's, it's cumbersome. Uh, there are certain aspects of it that I get, and certain of them that are just, you know, to me, qu- complete violations of the idea of home rule. Nonetheless, what happens is you get a clashing sometimes of ideas and what's wanted. Like, for instance, right now in the Etowah County area, my old seat, we had State Senator Andrew Jones on the air the other day talking about his desire to get rid of occupational taxes. Well, the fight is on right now because the former minority leader of the state house, Democrat Craig Ford, is now the mayor of Gadsden. He's absolutely opposed to the idea of losing tax revenue. So he's just basically making life miserable for Andrew Jones. Well, ain't nothing, though, compared to what's happening down in Montgomery. Talk about infighting among a delegation and its local leadership. So you may remember, oh, my gosh, you may remember just earlier this week, 1819 News got access to some audio and video of Liberal Mayor Stephen Reed of Montgomery, who was literally just on a cussing rant, talking about how he didn't need the black vote and how he didn't care a thing about Governor K. Ivey and he didn't care a thing about Maxwell Air Force Base. It was all the things that a local mayor should never say, much less be caught on tape saying, well, it gets worse. So the latest story came out today. Newly released audio of Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed shows him claiming to have threatened two of his local legislative delegation to get the bills that he wanted passed. God, this guy's a piece of work. It says the audio shows Reed claiming to have threatened State Senator Will Barfoot. I know Will Barfoot. I guarantee you Will Barfoot doesn't cow to threats. And State Representative Reed Ingram, I would imagine the same about him, seemingly attempting to garner favorable terms in a piece of legislation. Here's the quote, not a blankety-blank business person in this world could get Reed Ingram off that blankety-blank bill. He could have killed it himself. We threatened him, Reed said. I'm just going to tell you straight up, he was threatened. Will Barfoot was blankety-blank threatened. That's how that blankety-blank got done. This This is the mayor of the capital city of the state of Alabama. Cussing like a ninth grader trying to show off on the playground claiming he threatens other elected officials, claiming that he got his way because they effectively threatened those state elected officials. This is on the heels of him saying similar stuff. Well, the end result of that is, here's how that plays out. Ingram was asked how things went. He and Barfoot both say, we don't know what he's talking about, but we don't cow to threats. The last quote we got here from Ingram so I can tell you I will not let a city of Montgomery bill pass without a 100% resolution from that city council. That's a promise as God is my witness, he said. I'm not going to let that happen. So I'm not going to take his word that everybody in the city council is okay with it. It's going to have to be a written resolution or I'll kill every bill that comes from that city. This is what happens when you have infighting in your delegation. That mayor is going to wind up needing something someday. And he's going to have a delegation who listen to audio about what he says about them behind closed doors. I'm just going to tell you, that kind of infighting, that ruins a community. That's a mayor who's going to need something from Montgomery, uh, from the statehouse. And he's not going to be able to get it because he's an idiot. That's why. 1819 News is just kicking it on that story. All right, Boomer, take me to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. And I'm looking at the text lines blowing up. I've got to find out. What do y'all think? We'll come right back. eight three three six eight seven four 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 eight 833-687-4448. What do you think we're gonna find on the 41,000 hours of footage that Tucker Carlson's been given to look at about January 6th? I want the wrong answers only. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, just plain right. Text lines are blowing up. So, um, yeah, the question has been, (laughs) and Boomer and I were just comparing some thoughts on it during the break. The the question is uh, 833-687-4448. That's the text line. The question is, what do you think we're going to see on the 41,000 hours of uh, footage from the January 6 events at the Capitol. Wrong answers only. Uh, Mike uh, from from Huntsville uh, texted in. He says you're going to find Joe Biden sniffing the ice cream workers' hairnets on ice cream workers' hairnets. Okay. Uh, you know I, I I put on here. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna find footage of uh, Nancy necking in the back row with Hakeem Jeffries. I don't know. You know just. Um, Drag Queen Story hours happening in schumer's offices we we don't we, we don't know what what else could be there uh Glenn from Bluntsville, this texted in and said they found the tapes that Auburn actually has a third national championship. Oh thank you, oh. thank you very much <laughs> thank you Ta-da-da-da. He will be in the area all day um what else uh uh Paul from Athens says we're going to find out that Rachel Levine is really Mitch McConnell in drag <laughs> That's good. Uh, Jeff from Indiana says, I believe we need the January 6th committee to investigate the January 6th committee and see what kind of shenanigans they were pulling. I, that's yeah. Oh yeah. No kidding. Um, Ken from Decatur says we're going to, we're going to find Donald Trump and Mo Brooks just kicking some tail and taking names. I, I, I cleaned it up a little bit because it's a family <laughs> show, kicking some tail and taking names. Uh, JT from Lacey Springs says he's concerned though, that the two years it took to get the tapes that some of that could have been altered. Well, I mean, brother, we'll just deal with it as we can. Uh, George from Huntsville, he says we're gonna find out the protesters were all guilty. Okay, all right, we'll see. Uh, Rita from Scottsboro, she said, um, uh, "Where'd it go? I just lost it." So on the security tapes. We're gonna really find out what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Jeremy from Huntsville, he's got. He says about 140 hundred and forty-one. He says forty-one thousand hours. We're gonna find one: the burial site of Jimmy Hoffa. Two: the identity of the second gunner on the grassy knoll. Three: who is first, the chicken or the egg. Four, the sound of a tree falling even when no one is there. Five, the doorway to the fifth dimension, and six, the location of the Ark of the Covenant. And seven, what is in the basement of the Dome of the Rock? Eight, what is in the basement of the Taj Mahal? Nine, how many licks it actually takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? Wow! I don't know how to compete with that. I, uh, me neither. That was amazing. <laughs> Jeremy from Huntsville has the most. Okay, so Jeremy from Huntsville has the most epic responses as to what's going to be on the forty-one thousand hours. Oh, this is good Friday afternoon stuff right here. Uh the parts guy from Albertville, he just texted in. He says, We're gonna find thousands of hours of footage. Hmm. Maybe of Jill Biden smooching. Yeah, that's we were <laughs> Yeah. The first lady and the first man coming out of the uh the, the, janitor's, the janitor's closet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian from Huntsville says Nancy Pelosi making out with the guy with horns. <laughs> oh. Uh Don from Hazel Green. Um uh, Don Faisal Green just takes issue with the fact that he says Romney and McConnell are running the party. Okay, thank Don. We appreciate you. Thanks for being a new member of the text line. Uh, John from Huntsville texts it in. Says, "Okay, what's the long one?" I see what he says. Says the truth is the footage is going to show a lot of old congressmen taking naps and playing checkers and solitaire and having heated arguments over a game of bridge. When they're not taking naps or playing games, you'll see them on the phone with Joe Biden, and you can hear him saying no to Joe. Solitaire is a two-player game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, we got we got plenty more where that came from. Uh, we're gonna switch gears here in a minute. Uh, in the top of the hour, Stephanie Smith from the uh, Alabama Policy Institute will be calling in, and we'll be talking with her about you know some things in education, uh, folks. I'm just gonna tell you, I, I it, the the level of wokeness that we're discovering in classrooms, and what's what's really crazy, is they expose themselves. I mean, how many times are we finding a teacher? who does a TikTok video and is excited about leading kids down a path to, you know, hypersexuality or training them how to be transgenders or keeping secrets from the parents or, you know, critical race theory and making them bow down. And I mean, it's every single day, it seems like a new something comes out that we go, wait, what? It... Now, I'll be honest. I'm old. I get it. I may have once or twice yelled, get off my grass. I get it. But I look back and, and I cannot remember that kind of stuff happening when I was growing up at all. And I'm a product of public schools. You know, I just, I know for a fact that some of my teachers probably had opinions that differed than what my family did. I never felt inflicted upon like this. I don't recall ever having an agenda-driven teacher. Now, when I got to college, I remember having some professors who it was so obvious they were liberal, you know, um, but, but even then, I didn't feel like I was being treated like a second class citizen because I didn't align with their agenda. In fact, their agenda wasn't even part of the class. So when did it become a thing that it's okay, we just lost some of the... Uh, the, the, the societal mores, have we just literally seen a breaking down of the barriers such that some teachers just do not feel at all opposed to the idea of bringing their stuff to kids and basically trying to take kids and turn them into mini activists? When did that it's not okay. Here's the bottom line. I asked the question. I was about to ask the question when's that, when did that become okay? It's not okay. It's not okay at all. So coming back after the top of the hour, we'll talk to Stephanie Smith about what she's hoping for in terms of an education agenda. We'll also talk, though, about what may happen in the Alabama legislature with education. I hope something. But then we're also going to talk about some things that have been happening around the nation that we just we can't sit idly by and let this happen at all. And and right now we got some people like Ron DeSantis, who is I've got one article that says that he literally had a meeting recently with a speaker of his state house to talk about an education reform package and lay out his agenda for what he's hoping for in education. Knowing that he's a single branch of government, he's coordinating to try and do more. When's the last time you heard about Governor Ivey meeting with the speaker of the house to talk about making education better in Alabama? Have you? I haven't. At all. And if she is, then maybe we ought to talk about it because we rank, you know, last in the nation. So at what point is the governor of the state going to become so proactive and forthright that she's willing to lay out an agenda and say, here's how we're going to make, because by the way, she's the governor of the state. She is also by virtue of that position. She is the de facto head of the state school board. She has a say. She can even call a special session of the legislature to try and get them to help work on things that are necessary for whatever she deems pertinent. She's one branch of government, but she is allowed to have an agenda. And right now we are not seeing that. I'm watching in other states as they are taking the reins. Governor Youngkin, you know, we got we got the governor out in uh, in Idaho and Iowa and Arizona and South Dakota and Virginia and Florida, Mississippi, all doing major things for education. I'm ready to have Governor Ivy say, "Here's what we're going to do to make it better, and here's how I'm coordinating with the legislature." Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. side ruffians out there you are listening